Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell, and you can always find me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at either Surviving Empathy Podcast or Chef Bride Comedy. If you like the work we're doing, we're trying to help out empaths and sensitives. We're trying to find greater clarity and comfort and joyful outcomes in this unusual, bizarre society for regular people because that's who we are and that's what we care about. So if you like the work we're doing and you like our cause, come on over and join the mission by going over to my link tree. That's linktree forward slash Chef Comedy or become a patron on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Chef Comedy. Today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to try to answer the age old question. Does the paranormal exist? Are ghosts real? We have done some research, we have scoured the internet to and fro, and we have come to the conclusion that there might be something up with this whole ghost thing. As soft believers ourselves, we are not trying to uh, go down the rabbit hole for no good reason. We are not trying to make believers out of non-believers. We ourselves are skeptics with a soft belief only because uh, it has met our burden of proof. But we've got a few articles to read today and we want to dig deeper into the subject and find out to what extent ghosts are real. So thank you guys from the heart. We really appreciate all of your support and friendship and encouragement. Uh, We are just a tiny little podcast coming from a little trailer in the rural outskirts of Oregon. We are just, we're nobodies essentially, but we have a big, big heart and we want to help people and we want this to succeed because we want you to succeed. That's what this is about. It's about helping people. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, strap in for this. It's going to be about an hour and a half. Get comfortable, grab a beverage, and let's begin. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have my wonderful, beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca Russell. Please say hello to the folks. Hello. <laughs> I don't know why I laugh all the time, but it just gets me. It's like this little mousy voice, this giant introduction, this tiny little... Anyway, okay. I'm getting too meta here for our own good. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we did some research, y'all. Uh, we want to know whether or not ghosts and the paranormal are real. And so when we're talking about the paranormal... um, you know, what do you think the paranormal is, babe? I mean, just tell folks in your own words what the paranormal is. I just kind of take it as a very literal definition is beyond the normal. Above normal. Above normal. Yeah. Things that happen that aren't the usual, the now, normal. The- sometimes we get the word supernatural a lot. What is there a difference? I mean, I know sometimes it's interchangeable. What do you feel yeah. like that's the same thing? And to, um, if not, what I think it can be, but supernatural kind of just brings to mind more like more of like some fake things, like you know, zombies and more of oh, the kind okay. of like yeah. horror movie type of things you'd think of. Yeah, like when you see like, paranormal is like ghost research Mm -hmm. and stuff like that whereas supernatural might be something that's more outrageous maybe yeah that's kind of how i see it at least yeah for myself you know just having done this for a long time i'm kind of a 
Yes, they can be interchangeable, mm-hmm. I do believe, because supernatural means super or extra mm-hmm. natural, natural, the natural world. So extra natural is the yeah. same as above normal. So I do believe yeah. they're interchangeable. But yeah, I, I think um, I do believe that supernatural, sometimes when I'm thinking about it, for me, and this is just me, how I've kind of gotten used to thinking about it, is that paranormal is just anything outside the ordinary. Whereas supernatural is anything that uh, something something out of the ordinary is acting upon us in a supernatural way. In other words, uh, it's hard to explain. I know, it's hard to explain. Yeah. <laughs> but I what know. I mean is, is that super paranormal is ghosts, cryptids, could be aliens, anything mm-hmm. that's outside of our understanding of normal is paranormal. Whereas supernatural, I I often hearken to um, angels and gods and demons and okay. devils, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that I, and that's just me. I don't necessarily think that's conclusive, but for me, when something's acting in a supernatural way, it's almost as though it's external of our world, almost like it's something otherworldly going on, like there's a god or deity involved. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. have no proof of that. Right. It's just kind of how I've gotten used to it in the sense that paranormal does seem more, I don't know, conclusive in terms of, we never call it supernatural research. We always call right. it paranormal, paranormal research. Paranormal just sounds more sciencey. I think. More like well, reality-based. Right. Supernatural is more like, woo. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Check out, check out the, yeah. Right. And it's just the feel mm. I get when I hear those words. I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's just the thing. I do think it's interchangeable for the most part. But I do think for me that when I think supernatural, I just think of something super extra natural. It's it's oh, it's above natural. It's, it's stronger than natural. Therefore... Maybe it has magical or mystical powers, therefore gods. That's, I don't know. But (laughs) I I do believe in general, in a general sense that, yeah, they're definitely interchangeable. But, you know, before we get into our research, you know, I wanted to kind of pick your brain for a little bit because, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of non-believers out there. A lot of people, when I first started this show, I came out as an empath. Now... That was the first time that I'd ever come out publicly uh, claiming to have some kind of uh, super or natural or paranormal ability. And uh, over the course of the seasons, I've done many episodes on it where there's a science to this. There's, it's not just what people think. You, you yeah. People think psychics and mediums and all that. And yes, that's part of it. But there is a science to it in the sense that um, we can actually measure the fact that some people are picking up on some things. You know, we've talked about um, we've talked about the scientific mechanisms in the brain. They're they're called mirror neuron uh, mirror neurons. It's a part of our brains that we uh, can be hypersensitive to things. Uh, and it's not necessarily you're you're not necessarily just picking up on uh, things that aren't there. It's that we also pick up on very subtle things as well. So it's not just that we're picking up on energies, but you're also picking up on things that a lot of people just don't see. Just like the way you know uh, those those uh, people on YouTube, the the body 
body uh, analysis, body language people, people, Mm -hmm. is you're picking up on micro expressions of the face or you're picking up on micro expressions of how they're standing. So, uh, yes, there is energy work involved. But at the end of the day, we, you know, I try to dispel this, you know, this idea that we're hoaxers or that we're frauds. Because we're not talking about some magical power here. What we're talking about is having sort of an extrasensory perception that's just a little bit above some people's. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of people have this. And that's the thing is, uh, there's a lot of people that uh, aren't empaths, don't claim to be empaths, don't claim to be uh, psychics, uh, who uh, can pick up on things that other people can't. Do you want to kind of, in your own words, talk about that? Yeah, I think it's just it for whatever reason, it's just a sensitivity to things around you. And yeah, that's all and it, it is. It could be mm. it partially it probably is on a subconscious level picking up on like micro expressions sure. and things, but it's a part of it. But also just sensing feelings, whether that's because of micro expressions or what or the actual feeling or Well, I had a friend talk to me online because she's, you know, she wants to understand it and you know, I think a lot of people are just naturally skeptics, and I do think it's healthy to be a skeptic. You know, I'm more skeptical skeptical about God and the paranormal than I am about being an empath, but, but I am skeptical about, you know, psychics, because I know that as an empath, there is a difference between being an empath and a psychic, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But, um, but I do feel like, um, yeah, you know, you know, I think the most common way of describing it is when you just know someone standing behind you. You just get the mm-hmm. sense that there's a presence there. Yeah. Who doesn't do that? I mean, that's as common as, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you know? Well, exactly. And that goes back to, like, pre well, not prehistoric days, but back to when you're very life-dependent on whether you could sense someone or something coming up behind you. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I've always said that really what being an empath is, is just an extension of your fight-or-flight response. Yeah. And that most people have it. They just Mm -hmm. don't know how to develop it. Yeah, I agree. And so, you know, when you come out as an empath, people think you're coming out as having magic powers, or they, they, they... make a lot of assumptions because it's a lo- it's a loaded word. Empath is the same as a lot of loaded language where people just get this uh, certain understanding of what, you know, when you say ghost, it elicits a certain mm-hmm. understanding. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't necessarily, when you break it down, I think that's why people use the word paranormal is because um, they don't want to uh, use language that is loaded language. It, people have a tendency to sort of fill in the blanks with their own uh, superstitious or understanding or their own skeptical understanding. What we're trying to do is learn the truth at the end of the day, you know, um, and that's why I did so many episodes about being an empath because I wanted people to understand that I'm not just some guy who's trying to hoax you i'm not just some crazy person who thinks he has magical powers there's really a science behind it and and really being a realized empath is nothing more than understanding that all human beings have have it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and that some have it just a little bit more than others yep. do you want to kind of tell the folks real quick what in your own words what the difference between being an empath and being a psychic is wow that's a question yeah, I think um, when I think of psychics, I, a lot of times I think of psychics that are used in like police investigations and yeah, stuff. So it, yeah. it kind of 
to me means people mm-hmm. that can actually like know things pick up on details details or like know where something is because yeah. they just it comes to them like they can picture where they an picture things or a they is, see or, things and it's not necessarily having to have the person right there yeah in close proximity which right. for most empaths that's how it does work well yeah it seems to me like empaths are like psychics they're just not quite as strong they pick up on emotions more so than details they pick up yeah. on energies more so than pick up on future events or pick yeah. up on as a medium they pick up on details of a person's life i don't pick up on details of a person's life i can pick up on pain i can pick mm-hmm. up on sorrow i can pick up on deception but i can't pick up on details of a person's life where they lived who they are what their name was what they yeah. did for a living it seems like psychics are, are just able to fill in blanks that empaths can't but what they have in common i think is that they can both kind of pick up on energies mm-hmm. that are lingering that shouldn't be there not necessarily shouldn't be there but aren't really supposed to be there they're just still there Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and i think the paranormal kind of is a catch-all term for all kinds of things that we don't understand and that's the thing um there's a you know coming from the skeptical community i came as an atheist into all this and in the skeptical community there's a their big hero is this guy named James Randi. He uh, since passed away in 2020, but he's a 92-year-old. He passed away at 92, but uh, he's been on the Atheist Experience. He's been a, a guest host with uh, Seth Andrews and Matt Dillahunty and all these uh, people who, if you don't know, uh, do a show on uh, YouTube. Seth Andrews has his own uh, YouTube channel and podcast called The Thinking Atheist, whereas Matt Dillahunty used to be the president of the American, uh, or the, excuse me, the uh, atheist community of Austin in Austin, Texas. And uh, he's since left to pursue his own stuff. But uh, my point is, is that they, they have a term called street epistemology, which means everyday working man's common sense epistemology which means just a a a way to live your life uh bound in uh rationalism and and healthy skepticism Mm -hmm. and i do feel like that is in 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 a general sense the way we should be because if you can fall for things hook line and sinker uh you're you're you know i got a bridge i can sell you you know exactly and and so um a a lot of the articles that we read uh, getting into all this i won't give away the article you're going to do but but i do feel like uh i was trying to find the right articles not to suit my findings it's not oh Mm -hmm. i believe therefore um we're soft believers we're not hard believers we're still sort of up in the air but the reason you want to you know Tell folks why we don't do more shows about the paranormal and cryptids. Yeah. Well, p- because there's there's so much out there, and it takes yeah. time and discernment to kind of weed through the stuff that could even possibly be real versus well, what's totally fake. Especially when you're reading articles, an article can never prove to you something is real. Mm-hmm. You have to go off of, you know best evidence and and if you don't see it in person, then you have to go off of something that's happened on video and then from there you have to weed out all the hoaxers you have to weed out all the possibilities of it being something else and so at the end of the day uh the best you can get in video or audio evidence is ah 
that's compelling. It's never 100% oh, no. conclusive. Mm-hmm. It's it, You can never totally yeah. prove ghosts with no. video or audio evidence. No, because you're not there. Right. And that's the, that's yeah. the ultimate right. in proving to yourself whether something a phenomenon is real is whether you experience or not you can yeah, try exactly. to discern whether something mm. seems credible the person seems credible etc cetera, etc cetera, but unless you actually experience it right you can't say for sure right exactly and so at the end of the day you you know what it boils down to is um you know you you kind of weigh the evidence based on statistical analysis of all the evidence we've ever seen and we've seen gobs of it for 20 years uh what is the likelihood that it's real versus not real because yeah i mean at the end of the day i see stuff all the time on youtube and paranormal caught on camera and i'm like that's compelling Mm -hmm. but i never say oh that's proof of the afterlife it just you can never prove it but but what i will say is is that you kind of also have to weigh uh what's more likely that this person is a hoaxer or this person is, uh, dis- you know, what's more work? It takes more work to deceive <laughs> than it does to dis- record evidence. Put something out there, yeah. So if you were oh, recording 100%. evidence and, you know, you take like uh, the ghost of Carmel, Maine, and you take the Lamb House with Kent Burris. Now, we all, we, we know he has a background in Christianity, which means that, yes, he is susceptible to, and this isn't to c- cut anybody down, but people who tend to believe in God are also more likely to believe in superstitious things, and therefore they're looking for symbolism where there may be nothing at all. And so the rational skeptic is all they're trying to do is is say, hey, let's try to approach this in in a scientifically grounded way where we're not coming with our religious beliefs. We're leaving our skeptic, we're leaving our, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, we're leaving our magical thinking at the door and we're we're putting on our thinking caps to look at this rationally. And the problem though I see though is, and you're going to kind of go into this is that they just um a lot of times they just show off their biases without a lot of evidence. You know, uh, debunkers tend to say see 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 but now we have to debunk debunkers. In other words, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so confusing now. We don't know who to yeah. believe, you know. Yeah. So because, just take everything with a grain of salt. Basically, yeah, because, because I mean, you don't know. You you have to believe in the people. So you, it's about trust. There's an inherent trust. I trust Kent. What he's doing is legit. I trust that Grant Wilson on Ghost Hunters or Jason Hawes, what they're telling me is legit. Now, a lot of people, you'll go on YouTube and you'll say, "Oh, see, there's proof that they're not legit. There's proof that they're hoaxing." Not necessarily. Mm, You might prove one case might be not real, but that doesn't prove that their entire... It can prove that there's deception, and therefore, what are the chances that they're deceiving us again and again and again? Mm. And that's why I think, um, you know, Zach Bagans is now considered a, a hack, because... People think that there was an episode where he threw a brick or a rock or something, and now, oh, see... That would right. ruin your credibility. Now, yeah. I didn't see that, and I don't remember the the outcome. But but that's what I mean is that so long as all this stuff exists out there in the in the universe, there's always going to be people to cling to what they think is evidence. You know, we were just watching uh, that YouTube channel, uh, Casper Ca- site. Casper site, right? And he said that for the longest time. He wouldn't uh, do videos on that YouTube channel called Really Haunted. Now, if you don't know, Really Haunted, 
is a, a couple from Britain that uh, claims that their ha- house has a poltergeist. And uh, some of it, I, for a long time, I was like, yeah, it looks legit, man. Good grief. You know, it looks pretty wild, you know. But then, uh, uh, you know, when she, when his wife got pulled out of bed, that's when I started going, eh, that was a little extreme. Eh, I don't know. And then I started kind of, and, and then now there's a lot of sites out there where Casper's site said that he looked at some debunking videos and thought, yeah, I, I don't believe them either. It's too yeah. it's too outrageous. It's too strong. There's just too, it's too much happening. This can't be real, you know. And that's the thing is if, if you had a poltergeist and a lot of things were happening, a lot of people just jump to conclusions that that's proof that it's not real because it's right. super strong. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's hard because, yeah, <clears throat> too much stuff can just seem fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're trying to convince people, why would you make it so extreme? Right, That's right. Kind of my take on it. So I don't right. know. It's hard. It's a it, yeah. You don't know. It's like it's that other guy stuff. where he has a poltergeist in his kitchen. And he's always recording, and crazy shit's always happening. Yeah. It's like on the one hand, yeah, he's got a point. You know, why would you go that extreme if you really wanted people to believe you? Then again, I mean, think of the amount of effort it would take to to. To hoax people, mm-hmm. all the little contraptions and strings and all the little ways in which you would have to make all these things happen on cue in a video, that would be a lot of work. And when I see people like Kent Burris from Ghost of Carmel, Maine, I'm like, that motherfucker can barely edit a video, <laughs> let alone do all this elaborate shit to, to yeah. hoax us. Mm-hmm. So I tend to believe that he's... For real, because yeah. like I said, it, it's always going to be a little bit of a leap of faith in whether or not the person's a hoaxer or not. But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, I got away from really haunted for a while, too, because I was like Casper side. I was like, I don't know. It seems a little strong to me. And why don't they talk about it more? Why don't they do this? Why? Don't, why? 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 It was it was creating more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, but now Casper side's like, well, you know, it, they had a priest over. So that's good. So finally they're getting into, but I don't know, why would somebody uh, document all this and not do anything about it? I don't know. Monetary reward? Yeah. Public attention? It's paying the rent? Mm -hmm. It's paying your mortgage? Right, exactly. So um, even though there are going to be reasons to deceive, at the end of the day, um, it's really taking it on a case-to-case basis based on, because just because you're trying to get paid doesn't necessarily mean you're faking, right. necessarily. Yeah, exactly. But it does offer an explanation mm-hmm. of why you might want to try to. Yeah, for sure. So, anyway. So, yeah, as an empath, I just, I, I come at it as a, as a realist. I'm trying to, you know, I don't put on any episode without, you know, I will not do a show on cryptids unless I believe there's a pretty good chance that it could exist. And that was what Casper Sight was saying. Mm-hmm. If I think that it looks or feels real and, and it could exist, it could be real. Yeah. It has to be compelling enough to pass our sniff test. And so I'm like that here. I don't put on a show just to put on a show. I We want to know the truth. So you want to explain to people the difference between soft belief and hard believers that we're not coming into this like a lot of ghost believers we're coming as skeptics but uh, explain our position well yeah i mean a true like hard believer in something is no 
no waffling whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. this is real. It's true. I believe it. And sometimes that can lead people to believe False things, conclusions. Yeah, or believe things that aren't real. Like, see a video. It's obviously fake. But because they say it's real, they'll believe it. Yeah. And I think soft believing is just kind of coming at it with more skepticism. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I am not doing this. There's no profit motive in this. Uh, what has taken a front seat in our podcast is mental health and life and activism because that is more important to me than the paranormal. And, and that being said, I've done too many episodes on the paranormal in our previous seasons where I can't keep t- saying the same thing over and over <laughs> yeah. again. You know, so at the end of the day, when I do these shows, I, I it has there has to be an angle. First of all, there has to be a compelling reason to believe that passes muster for my skeptical ass. And then secondly, uh, there has to be a reason, uh, a new angle, a new reason to do it. I'm not going to just keep yeah. talking about the five or seven phases of a ghost because I've already done that show. So mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. And like, you know, what happened with Mothman, like there was some new evidence that had come up. So it wasn't right. like rehashing the same stuff from the 50s and 60s. It was... Yeah still coming into more modern times exactly right yeah because at the end of the day i'm not here to yes i'm here to have fun i mean you know are we hard journalism no but we're also not puff piece either we're somewhere in between we're soft believers but we're skeptics we want to know we want to know the truth i would rather know the truth that there are no ghosts than just believe because i have a podcast about the paranormal I can easily take the paranormal and cryptids off of my show and just be about activism and life and uh, being an empath because those are the things that I know for me are real. And so, but you know, I add that and I include that because every once in a while you'll be like, hmm, that's compelling. Let's mm-hmm. explore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I tried to put these articles in some kind of uh, rational order. The first one I have here is from Cronkite News in Arizona. It's a subsidiary of PBS. It's Arizona PBS. And it says, do you believe in ghosts? UA researcher explains the science of spirits. Tucson. One stormy day in November two years ago, water streaked across the second floor uh, windows of the uh, Orpheum Theater in downtown Phoenix. A security guard snapped a photo with her phone. Uh, When she looked at it, the picture uh, contained the image of ghostly Native American woman with no makeup and bad teeth, said Patty Dunlap, the volunteer coordinator for the city of Phoenix's Convention Center Department, which owns and operates the theater. I could tell that uh, she had died a violent death in the picture just from looking at it, Dunlap said. It was very, very scary. That's one thing that made me kind of a believer of the ghost stories. I always thought it was a kind of fooey, but I re- uh, just really did not believe it until I saw that picture. When it comes to believing in ghosts, Dunlap is not alone. 32% of Americans believe in ghosts, according to the 2005 Gallup poll, Uh, A more recent Huffington Post poll indicated that 45% of Americans, adults, believe that spirits of dead people can come back. A uh, mixed group of skeptics and believers recently toured the theater to learn about uh, the ghosts that haunt the building. And then it says here, belief or fact. I don't like the word belief because people can believe anything. Uh, And very often our beliefs are not true, said Gary Schwartz, director of the Laboratory of Advanced 
advances in uh, consciousness and health at the University of Arizona. It is not a belief of mine now that spirits are real. It's a conclusion that I have uh, come to based on so much evidence that I can no longer, with integrity, dismiss the evidence as untrue. I like that because yeah, belief is... I do too. The word belief means, yeah, you can believe in anything. Mm-hmm. People believe yeah. in crazy things. Right. So, yeah, I like that he's like... I love that he's like, no, I, I know they're true. I, because I, of right. facts and experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, goes on to say, uh, Schwartz has been looking into the existence of ghosts for 18 years. He started by testing the authenticity of mediums, people who claim to speak to the deceased. <clears throat> Schwartz studied to be a fake medium himself. I'm a pretty good fake medium, he said. Consequently, I could design research that invalidated the tricks. In controlled experiments, Swartz said he could validate a genuine medium if he or she could provide information about the spirit they were talking to, including intimate details the medium could not research ahead of time. A close family member or friend of the deceased person checked the information. Uh, Quote here, based on the evidence, and I did many experiments, the conclusion I was forced to to was, yes, some mediums are real, he said. And once you know that some mediums are real, they're not all fakes and not all frauds, and you can't explain it by any of our standard conventional ways. You then have to accept the data and follow it where it takes you. I I like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. His research funded by private entities led him to the conclusion that ghosts are real and some people can communicate with them. Schwartz's next step was uh, detecting spirits. Since some mediums reported physically seeing spirits, Schwartz hypothesized that they could detect spirits using photons. In an article published in Explore the Journal of Science and Healing, Schwartz concluded that it was possible to measure the presence of spirit by an increase in photons in an otherwise black box when a spirit appeared inside the box. Hmm. He's now trying to identify spirits using a method astronomers use to see planets around distant stars. The only way to detect the planets is when they pass in front of the star, blocking its light. In the same way, Schwartz hopes to detect spirits by having them pass their hands through a beam of light. When the spirit's photons block the light, he can detect the presence of ghosts. So far, he said, the technology is only 70% accurate, which is statistically significant but will require further testing. Yeah, and that's kind of like um, some of the the groups, the investigative groups do. They use like the grid lights. So you have yeah, the little lasers, light, yeah. the laser mm-hmm. grid of lights. Either have dots or grid. And if something passes through it, Exactly. It's the absence of the light showing through and you know that shows there's something and there. And your whole team is accounted for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the doors are locked so you know it, the evidence hasn't been tampered with. Yeah. Yeah. It says, um, what about ghosts in real life? According to the Huffington Post YouGov poll, 28% of adults reported having, having seen or been in the presence of ghosts. The experience is often the same. You feel a chill down your spine and the hair on the back of your neck stands on end. You have this strange feeling that someone is standing behind you, but when you turn, there's nothing there. That was what happened to me when we were right, at the thing. Yeah. We'll uh, talk about it now since you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe you see a shadowy uh, form flee from the room. Uh, quote here, Whenever a person has that experience, we can't tell from the experience per se whether it's genuine or not without getting some other corroborating evidence that validates that experience. Schwartz said. So sometimes those experiences are not spirit related. 
They just happen, or they're wishful thinking, or we get frightened and it's nothing. But on the other occasions, <clears throat> those experiences are actually reflecting moments when we detect the presence of an invisible spirit. And the challenge for us is to be able to discern which are valid experiences and which are not. Yeah, so since you mentioned your experience, it was after we'd gone on the ghost tour yeah. in the downtown area, and we were at this old house that had been there. An old house from the 1700s? I think, I think it was. Something like that. E- but, yeah. Or the 1800s, And you maybe? kept looking over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. You kept feeling like something was I kept there. looking behind me, feeling something behind me, even though there was nothing there. And mm-hmm. I, I do have the ability to p- pick up on things that a lot of people don't. I have a... Uh, just as an empath, I pick up on things that some people can't. I, I do believe, though, that most people have it. It's just that mine's a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Why that yeah. is, I don't know. I just think some people's natural antenna is tuned to that frequency more than others. I, I don't, I don't, like Tr- John Travolta would say, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes on to say, paranormal attraction. Back at the Orpheum Theater, people have reported ghosts in the building for many years. The money made from the tours will go to help preserve the theater. Joe Atreides, who runs the Phoenix Ghost Tours, works with the friends of the Orpheum Theater to uh, to tease through the history of the building and the reports of the paranormal activities. Here at the, he quotes, uh, here at the Orpheum, a lot of the staff and crew have known about specific ghosts that are very popular and very well known. Her name is Maddie. The truth is, we actually don't know who Maddie is, uh, and they don't believe she's the only ghost there. The historic theater may be home to several ghostly personalities, including a ghost cat that enjoys playing with computer mice. (laughs) (laughs) There's times that something that's happened that sounds a little weird, but it could be easily explained by other things. Atreides said, "I, I do my very best to actually disqualify that it might be something else, because I think some of the best ghost stories are real ghost stories. Uh, Atreides didn't always believe in the paranormal. I always knew there was something weird about it, but most of the time I realized it could be explained away. It was that 10% of the time that I couldn't find another explanation, and the least craziest one would be ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta... Sometimes you just gotta say, I've seen dead people, he said. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, but that's the whole article. And I started there because, you know, you got to do an article of belief. You got to go into an article about disbelief. And then you kind of find the happy medium. Because at the end of the day, we are always going to be a society of believers versus disbelievers. Of hard science facts type people versus those who just have a little bit more of a whimsical side, if you will. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I, yeah, I have yeah. a strong background in science. I was uh, I was a phlebotomist. I, I have three years of pre-med. So I was um, always grounded in hard fact. But when I had my, what I thought felt like a out-of-body experience, I, I started understanding that there might be an ethereal world out there, and I just kind of call it the, um, you know, the astral plane because it's the ghost plane. And whether it's really real or not, I, I don't yet know. I just know that what I experienced was so real that it didn't feel like dreaming. 
I was a, a teenager and I thought I had uh, floated out of my body. I could see myself sitting there and I felt like if I went further, I could become untethered or detached. But like I said, was that just a really, really fucking real dream or was there more to it? And so ever since that happened, I've all kind of been on this uh, understanding of trying to, trying to understand whether or not there's an astral plane and what are its properties? Is it the, it, because is the astral plane the same as the ghost plane? I tend to think that it is. But like I said, I don't know for sure. But it kind of got me on this understanding. Um, I also saw a UFO once. Two of them. It lasted for several minutes and I had a witness. So I know it was real. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I know how crazy these things sound. I know, I know, I know. And, uh, you know, I, the reason why I became an atheist is because, um, I needed to, I needed something grounding to ground me as my mental health was getting kind of weird during a time where I was just, um, dabbling too much in the occult, we'll say. And, uh, and, uh, it's not to say that God isn't real, just that I needed I needed grounding. I needed sanity and solutions in a time where I was getting very confused by the ambiguity of the afterlife. And, you know, my grandfather had just passed away. I was still grieving over my mo- uh, grandmother's death. But, uh, yeah, what do you think so far? I think it's all very mm-hmm. interesting. And I, I think that the way we are about it is... I don't want to be like, oh, we're the we're the we're, good ones, but yeah, we're the best. We're the best. <laughs> Nobody else is right, but we're. The- <laughs> I just think it's the healthiest way to be because people that yeah. are so like the article that I'm going to read coming up. Some people are just so like, I don't even. I wouldn't even call it skepticism because skepticism kind of leaves the opening for for for, for the, a difference in yeah. opinion or difference it's in belief, staunch but it's, disbelief. Yeah, exactly. Which is just, which is more than skepticism. That's cynicism. Yeah. Exactly. When you take yeah. skepticism too far, you don't allow there for any possibility. Yeah. Therefore, it's staunch cynicism. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's necessarily uh, negative, um, but when you don't open your mind, that was kind of like what I was saying when I was watching the atheist experience and this guy's like, <coughs> let me tell you, Matt. Right. Yeah. Like, just such rigid such beliefs. Such rigid in disbelief. So. With that, well, you know, you have to prove your position, whether you're a believer or a disbeliever, and you can't just laugh and mock your way to belief. I mean, I, I want to believe you, you know, because the default position should be the burden of proof is on those who believe in ghosts. But. A negative result is still a result. And so, therefore, in this particular instance, just because you're laughing it off doesn't mean necessarily that ghosts aren't real. Because mm-hmm. in, in that particular instance, this guy was from England, and he was a staunch kind of dude, and he was kind of like laughing and mocking the fact that he was a real estate agent and that the people before buying the house, they wanted to get a cleanse first. And he was pissed that they would have to put money <laughs> by gum how dare you make me put money into such pseudoscience quackery? Well, if it helps sell the sale of the home, fucking do it, dude. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. It's like, what's wrong with that? Yep. So even though, um, yes, I do believe ghost believers do have the burden of proof, but if, you, if you're calling a call-in show, you too have to offer a little bit of evidence to the contrary. If you don't believe... Give me a compelling reason why mm-hmm. I shouldn't believe. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But now, 
because of that, I want to talk about the article that you did. Um, I know you had excerpts and all that, but you you thought it would be easier to just read the article, right? Yeah, because it was just kind of random statements, and it just kind of it'll it'll flow better. It'll flow I, better. Yeah, but go I still right want to stop and talk about things. As yeah, we come well, across we'll these go ahead and we'll so. read that, and then we'll uh, comment afterward. Okay. Yeah, it's um, by his name is Benjamin Radford, and it was in Live Science, and it's called "Are Ghosts Real." So if you believe in ghosts, you're not alone. Cultures all around the world believe in spirits that survive death to live in another realm. In fact, ghosts are among the most widely believed of paranormal phenomenon. Millions of people are interested in ghosts, and thousands read ghost stories on Reddit every day. It's more than mere entertainment. A 2019 Ipsos poll found that 40% of Americans say they truly believe in ghosts. The nation is discerning in its undead beliefs. Only 7% of respondents said they believe in vampires. So, <laughs> but see, that that's just right off the bat. Like, that snarky, like, you can tell. You can tell they're biased <laughs> going into it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, <clears throat> the idea that the dead remain with us in spirit is an ancient one, appearing in countless stories from the Bible to Macbeth. It even spawned a folklore genre, ghost stories. Belief in ghosts is part of a larger web of related paranormal beliefs, including near-death experience, life after death, and spirit communication. The belief offers many people comfort. Who doesn't want to believe that our beloved but deceased family members aren't looking out for us or with us in our times of need? People have tried to or claimed to communicate with spirits for ages. In Victorian England, for example, it was fashionable for upper-crust ladies to hold seances in their parlors after tea and crumpets with friends. <laughs> ghost clubs dedicated to searching for ghostly evidence formed at prestigious universities, including Cambridge and Oxford. And in 1882, the most prominent organization, the Society for Physical... Psychical. I've never actually tried to say that word. <laughs> psychical, not physical, psychical research was established. A woman named Eleanor Sedgwick was an investigator of that group and could be considered the original female ghostbuster. In America during the late 1800s, many psychic mediums claimed to speak to the dead, but were later exposed as frauds by skeptical investigators such as Harry Houdini. Okay, stop right there for a sec. Yeah, just so to fill in our audience. So, most of this, as you guys know, and we've thought about doing shows about this, is the where did the paranormal get its start? It started in a movement in the in the 1900s, basically, that was called... 1800s. 1800s, rather, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, called spiritualism. Mm -hmm. And during that time is where there was seances and all kinds of different... Spirit photography. Spirit photography, Mm -hmm. uh, taking pictures of the dead, etc., uh, but uh, there's a, a long laundry list of uh, hoaxers and yeah. hucksters and frauds mm-hmm. who would make money off of the grief of uh, people, you know, looking for answers about their loved ones yeah. who had deceased. Yeah, exactly. So go ahead. So that part of the article sounds sane. It's good. Now here's where we start to get to the uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cynical part. Right. Go for it. It wasn't until recently that ghost hunting became a widespread interest around the world. Much of this is due to the hit sci-fi cable TV series, Ghost Hunters. Yeah. So here we go. Which aired 230 episodes and found no good evidence for ghosts. (laughs) Like, how can you make that statement? I know. I mean, first of all, you would have had to have watched 237 episodes. I have. 
Yeah, I like, saw them well, all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but no, to say that none of good that? evidence. We've spoken to Grant in person about some of the good, his best evidence. The yeah. one that uh, always was most compelling to me was at the uh, the lighthouse in Florida. Mm-hmm. There was no way to tam- tamper with that evidence. There was nobody yeah. up there, and yet we were seeing people leaning over the balcony. Mm-hmm. There was a rocking chair moving at the top. It was indoors. Yeah. There was no wind. That's right. compelling stuff yeah, because you you you've automatically because you're in a lighthouse and and you're surrounded by glass windows and doors. There's no way that it could have been anything else. Mm-hmm. So I love that it was isolated like that because yeah. you rule out air conditioning, you rule out all these other things like people mm-hmm. and contamination. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, for this guy to straight out the bat just say nothing. N- 230 episodes, well, nothing. And not only is he taking that show and then using it as proof that it doesn't exist, he's using it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Because, first of all, he would have to make the claim that he saw it all. Second of all, he doesn't cite any examples of no. anything. I mean, there's been episodes where it's been a little bit weak sauce, I'll admit. Yeah, all it is is like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't hear Those anything. Those are the boring episodes. But some of the better episodes <laughs> yeah. on the best of... Has some pretty good shit. But I also appreciate the fact that they include those episodes. Right, of course. Because you don't want constant, perfect evidence every time. Well, and that was kind of the problem with Zach Bagans and his credibility is that, you know, a lot of these debunking sites and a lot of these articles that I read in preparation of this talks about um, pareidolia, Mm -hmm. talks about psychosomatia, psychosomatic belief, talks about superstition and religion and uh, Mm -hmm. mental defect and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And and yes, you absolutely have to include all those things as possibilities. But one of the articles I was reading was like, this lady looked in the mirror and saw an old man with a beard. And uh, then he began to tell us how wrong she was, that she was just looking at the light wrong and trying to, you know, Her brain make, was trying to interpret value mm-hmm. based on dark and light. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I've done that. You know, I've, I'll be in the bathroom. I'll wake up tired. And I, I remember one time I woke up and went to the bathroom and, I'm, and I'm, I'm sitting on the toilet because a lot of times I don't want to stand when I'm tired. <laughs> I might fall over and hurt myself. So I'm standing there peeing. And uh, I'm looking at something, and it won't register what it is. Mm-hmm. So I waited and waited and waited yes, for the longest time. It felt sometimes. like 15 seconds. Finally, I'm like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's going to be times where you get pareidolia, or your brain just can't register what it register. is. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're looking in the mirror for a good 20 seconds, and you still see a man, and you're a woman, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, eventually your brain would be able to recognize yourself after a few seconds to to offer that as yeah. conclusive evidence in other words you, you just feel the inherent bias right. of the skeptical yeah, community and that you article know? too was talking <clears throat> about like uh how the brains work in people with epilepsy or people that get seizures so it was just saying that every every accounting of something like that was something like well you can offer of all of those as mm-hmm. proof that yeah, those absolutely. things happen absolutely of course but they don't prove it every time. You would no. have to go on a case-to-case basis. Yeah, absolutely. You can't just say it was, it's all pareidolia and it's all psychosomatia. It, yeah. yeah, sometimes it is. But, you know, I mean, uh, I watched uh, this uh, thing on a TED Talk. This woman, uh, she is a paranormal debunker. I remember and that And she one, thinks yeah. she's been on 200-something cases and she said, 
I have debunked 200 cases. Yes and no. You know, I yeah. don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but but she said a lot of times people will think there's ghosts when really what they have is a carbon monoxide problem in their house. Mm-hmm. We have a carbon monoxide detector in our house. I think all houses should have them because yeah. it can cause nausea. It can cause a parano- a pa- excuse me, paranoid delusions. Yeah. It can cause even a hallucination. So, yes, I, absolutely, you have to rule everything out before you say ghost. I know that, yeah. of course. But at the end of the day, it doesn't you can't just apply it to everything and as a catch-all and be done and go, ah. Yeah. Well, and I remember we did watch one episode of some ghost show and there was an episode like that. Where and we were there going was, way. Yeah, because there was, yeah, <laughs> we're like, that sounds like carbon off. monoxide. So they, mm-hmm. they literally said, yeah, mm. there was carbon monoxide, but then they poo-pooed that and then attributed it to something else. Like it was there going out of their way to make it a ghost well, story when it and maybe wasn't. That's, that's the problem is I think so, yeah. there are some shows right now that are credible in the sense that they just want to report what really happened. I think the original Ghost Hunters was good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some shows that hear paranormal stories and go, this would make a great TV show. And then they play a little bit of TV trickery at the end where they don't want to tell you that this could have been carbon monoxide. They mm-hmm. want you to believe it. No, no, it had to have been. Per- now, if they had a real dis- conclusive reason why they yeah. wrote off the... Uh, the carbon, carbon monoxide, monoxide yeah then okay fine but that one didn't but in that case it was like <laughs> skipping over it like yeah never mind that <laughs> yeah never mind that every single thing that was happening mm. is a direct we know symptom of we know it's ghost because ghosts darn it yeah <laughs> because yeah. we want that it to was, be so yeah like you said it's that type of thing that takes the credibility away from the whole field because right things like that come well, out as legit and that's why i don't we don't do more episodes about this because I can go and look at every single video on YouTube. I can go watch every single TV show on Discovery Plus or wherever. But at the end of the day, that doesn't prove more. And and so the field itself of paranormal activity, the field of the paranormal uh, only advances when we learn new stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you can bring out new instruments and all that. You know the one... That where I forget what it's called at, uh, off the top of my head, but that one <clears throat> device where it shows ghosts as uh, dots and then it connects those dots and makes mm-hmm. stick figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I th- th- those can be used as a tool by itself. And then if you have other evidence to corroborate it with that, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, sure. You can, u- but use as its own evidence. I don't buy that device. Yeah. Because yeah. what if it's measuring a fart? What if it's measuring mist? What if it's we don't we don't know how it works? Therefore, yeah. we can't prove that it's real. Mm-hmm. That said, yes, there are times where these devices aren't being used correctly by ghost hunters. But um, I, I'm going to get into an article where it is used correctly, yeah, and we'll talk and about that. But uh, you know, yeah, that's the thing is is that. You can say all kinds of things about the devices. Oh, the science is off. The device wasn't getting used right. Yes, that's all true. But at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of people who are still using it correctly. And like I said, it's this is a, a numbers game. Believing in ghosts isn't about believing everything you see. 
hook, line, and sinker. It's a, it's a statistical likelihood. Is it more statistically likely that tens of thousands of cases are hoaxers? Or is it more that maybe only 5 to 10% are real? At the end of the day, the reason why I'm a soft believer is because I do believe once you've done all of the research of debunking and you've used all of your tools correctly, and then you're still left with questions, then you're left with that 5 to 10% of, huh, compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, go ahead. Exactly. Okay, <clears throat> so we were talking about the show Ghost Hunters. Yeah. The show spawned dozens of spinoffs and imitators, and it's not hard to see why the show is so popular. The premise is that anyone can look for ghosts. The two original stars were ordinary guys, plumbers, in fact, <laughs> Grant and Jason, yeah. who decided to look for the evidence of spirits. Their message, you don't need to be an egghead scientist or have any training in science or investigation. All you need is some free time, a dark place, and maybe a few gadgets from an electronics store. If you look long enough, any unexplained light or noise might be evidence of ghosts. Mm -hmm. That vague criteria for ghostly happenings is part of the reason why myths about the afterlife are more alive than ever. Yeah. Okay. One difficulty in scientifically evaluating ghosts is that a surprisingly wide variety of phenomena are attributed to ghosts, from a door closing on its own, to missing keys, to a cold area in a hallway, to a vision of a dead relative. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because there's a lot of different things that can happen. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not real. Like his thing is like, well, it's not one thing that everybody can recreate. So it's not real. Well, and what if you can't recreate it because you don't have the technology or the know-how to recreate it? Exactly. So um, when sociologists Dennis and Michelle Waskell interviewed ghost experiences, experiencers in their 2016 book, Ghostly Encounters, The Hauntings of Everyday Life, they found that many participants were not sure that they had encountered a ghost and remained uncertain that such phenomena were even possible, simply because they did not see something that approximated the conventional image of a ghost. Instead, many of their respondents were simply convinced that they had experienced something uncanny, something inexplicable, extraordinary, mysterious, or eerie. Thus, many people who go on record as claiming to have had a ghostly experience didn't necessarily see anything that most people would recognize as a classic ghost. And in fact, that may have had completely different experiences whose only common factor is that it could not be readily explained. Well, yeah, not everything is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just they're, they're, the way he's talking about it is that they're not all the same, so they're not real. Yeah. It's kind of what it's coming across. It's kind of like, like they couldn't have a consistent thing across all these people, so therefore not real. Well, I mean, that's the problem with the paranormal is that it is elusive. It mm-hmm. is nuanced. And yes, you absolutely have to take into consideration that they're not using their devices correctly. You have to take into consideration that there could be contamination or hoaxing. You have to take into consideration that not everybody's going to be able to recreate it. But just because you can't recreate something doesn't prove... Or fall into a category of what something is. Right. Well, yeah, because I mean... Yeah. And and that's why it's a numbers game for me. I'm a soft believer because, like I said, there's there's enough cases out there. It happens often enough where we can statistically find a, a likely outcome that, yes, mm-hmm. in some certain cases, we have proven something's there. Yeah. It, possibly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, he goes on to state, personal experience is one thing, but scientific evidence is another matter. Part of the difficulty in investigating ghosts is that there is not one universally agreed upon definition of what a ghost is. Still, others create their own special categories for different type of ghosts. Of course, it's all made up. 
like speculating <laughs> on the different races of fairies just or dragons. That? Yes, there are as many types of ghosts as you want there to be. So yeah, he literally said, of course, it's all made up. Well, he's going into this as a skeptic, uh, which is fine, but... But if you're going to do that, I mean, but maybe I be a little it, less. It, it uh, goes into more cynic, about cynic territory. Like he's, this is he's a being absolutely this is straight up saying that. Yeah. Well, he's not even being open minded to the possibility. No, not at all. Yeah. And then, um, so there are many contradictions inherent to ideas about ghosts. For example, are ghosts material or not? Either they can move through solid objects without disturbing them, or they can slam doors shut and throw objects across the room. All right, stop right there for a second. Okay, now. Well, we were talking about that before the show. There's. Let me read one more sentence. Okay. Because he said, according yeah. to logic and the laws of physics, it's one or the other. Yeah. No, it's not one or I the don't other. Think so. yeah. yeah. Ghosts. If ghosts are real, and we're saying if, mm-hmm. they can manifest, which means that if they will it, they can touch objects. If they, they don't will the it, they can go through too. objects. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're made of energy, that means that you could probably manifest your energy to go through objects or you could will mm-hmm. your energy to touch objects exactly it's a matter of will right. energy I, is yeah. intention yeah uh, yeah <laughs> absolutely and just yeah that seems he yeah you can tell it's very that black he's and white with- he, very black and white mm-hmm. and i'm sorry but so you're saying he's saying that ghosts can't be real because they either can go through shit or they can't yeah there's no well, and then here's his, ne- his next things. If ghosts are the spirits of those whose deaths were unavenged, why are there unsolved murders? Since ghosts are said to communicate with psychic mediums and should be, be able to identify their killers for the police, the questions go on and on. Just about any claim about ghosts raised logical reasons to doubt it. Yeah. Okay, well, go- what, what do you got to I, say about that? I, I. It's just so, like, well... Since not every person solves their murder after they're dead, well, ergo none, it never well, happens. Well, a lot of these murders took place in the 1700s, fucker. <laughs> there was no DNA evidence in those days. Yeah, and I don't believe... Murders happened before DNA evidence. But a lot of murders went unsolved because there was no physical evidence. There was yeah. no record well, and, or detail of the murder. And I don't believe that every death... Is a murder. Or not every death (laughs) results in... In a ghost. A ghost. Yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, that's the thing, is if they're real, why do they stay? And we've speculated on Mm -hmm. that. It's either a trauma or an attachment to a person, place, or thing that that ghosts stay when they're either lost and confused or when there's a trauma or when they have a compelling reason to stay or strong emotional yeah. attachment to staying but it doesn't always happen but it doesn't always happen death. yeah my so. grandfather passed away i remember um when my grandfather passed away uh, i went to go stay with my mom and uh i was using his headphones to to listen to the tv so that it, it didn't go down the hallway to wake my mother up and so i'm using these headphones and by the way, these are wireless headphones, and as an empath, I don't like having electricity on my head mm-hmm. as it stands, because sometimes it tends to cross my wires, I can feel it. I mm-hmm. feel the energy, and so I'm thinking these things are weirding me out. I'm like, what? Ugh. I'm shaking my head, and I hear this sound. I'm like, what in the fuck was that? So I take off the earphones, and I go look out the back window, and I felt this rush of energy, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it was. Yeah. Was it my grandpa? Was it some? 
it was in a senior mobile home park. It could have been any number of people dying. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, I don't know what I experienced that night. All I know is it gave me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. And my point simply is, is that um, we don't understand necessarily what a ghost is exactly. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's kind of saying, well, since we don't know what a ghost is, uh, you know, he- therefore, hence, there, there is no ghost. But I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Know. You know, that's the thing. I mean, he's not really giving us any compelling reason why we shouldn't, why we right. should believe him. Yeah. And then he you goes know. on to say that mm. ghost hunters use many creative and dubious methods to detect the spirit's presence. Often, well, he's right about that. Yeah. it's There yeah, are some there dubious are. Mm-hmm. things like, eh, okay. yeah, exactly. It is, there's a lot of pseudoscience involved. I there get is. that. Mm-hmm. But, but. Just because there are hoax hoaxers and people that aren't good at science doing it doesn't necessarily prove with every time that th- that's yeah. the, the case. Yeah, because he know. says virtually all ghost hunters claim to be scientific, and most give that appearance because they use high tech science scientific equipment such as EMF detectors, Geiger counters, ion detectors, infrared cameras, and sensitive microphones. Right. Yet none of this equipment has ever been shown to actually detect ghosts. Well, how does he know that? He doesn't. Right? Exactly. <laughs> he like, doesn't know that. He's no. he's using, it's like he's trying to use uh, uh, logic uh, to the pre- people who already don't believe and going, yeah, you're right. But the problem mm-hmm. is, is that that lack of evidence, it's like science says. Mythbusters said even a negative result produces a, a result. result. Yeah. And so, yes, you can't believe everything. That's why we believe in having corroborating evidence. Yeah, it's exactly. one thing to get a recording. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to have a REM pod go off. It's quite another when you get that plus yeah. that plus visual right. video mm-hmm. evidence. So when the more evidence you have that happens at a timestamp at the same time, yeah, the more likely it is real. Exactly. Well, you know? and he's you know he's saying well none of that stuff detects ghosts. Okay. Well, what happens? How do you know that? What if? Okay. So what an EMF meter is doing some weird thing, and you can't attribute anything to causing that. Yeah. What is causing that? Well, he I, doesn't know. Obviously. I read an article that said sometimes when you use an EF meter, sometimes it's detecting other people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's detecting wiring in the walls. Mm-hmm. But when you eliminate those things and you're still getting stuff, yeah. it, so it makes what you wonder. It? And yeah, he doesn't yeah. give an explanation for anything that's unexplained. Well, that's like just that. it. That's his whole thing. Well, well, then they're just they work. don't know how to use yeah, the equipment exactly. right, or it's faulty equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, right. and that's just it. I mean, at the end of the day, he's right, but it, but it, but he didn't prove anything either. No. Not at all. You know, like, yes, even... you're right. We have to rule out mm-hmm. faulty equipment, human error, But hoaxing. he's saying the equipment doesn't even do anything in regards to that. Well, so how does, is he, is this, who is this guy? Is he a scientist? He doesn't even, he's just some guy. Re, wh- go up to the top. I don't want to go to the top because I'll get lost. Oh, okay. Are you <laughs> but, done? oh, you're not done? No. Oh. I'm getting there. Oh, I thought we were done. No, it's almost done. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, other researchers claim that the reason ghosts haven't been proven to exist is that we simply don't have the right technology to find or detect the spirit world. But this, too, can't be correct. Either ghosts exist and appear in our ordinary physical world, or they don't. No. If ghosts exist and can be scientifically detected or recorded, then we should find hard evidence of that. Yet we don't. But, but we do, we do. sometimes. <laughs> there's hundreds of hours of, of possible right. evidence. Yeah, You but can't know for sure because that, there's too much of it. 
Yeah. So and you don't know of those which ones are real. Yeah. So. It's yeah. So he's just <clears throat> basically saying that everything that exists, it's not real. Yeah. So okay, yeah, well. he's just saying not a single <clears throat> piece of hard evidence has been found. Um, and of course, with the recent development of ghost apps for smartphones, it's easier than ever to create seemingly spooky images. So, yeah, I mean, well, no, there's going to be bad evidence yeah. and bad science. I mm-hmm. admit that, of course. Yeah. But my my main problem with his uh, uh, his whole um, my problem with his whole uh, rationale is that uh, he's just outright dismissing all tools mm-hmm. and all evidence yeah. without giving us a compelling reason why. Yeah, exactly. And just his kind of one of his last statement is that if ghosts are real and are some sort of as yet unknown energy or entity, then their existence will, like all other scientific discoveries, be discovered and verified by scientists through controlled experience experiments, not by weekend ghost hunters wandering around abandoned houses in the dark late well, at night with cameras let me and ask flashlights. You th- let me ask you this, though. Mm-hmm. So, if we got a bunch of egghead nerds with PhDs to do the same shit mm-hmm. that all these ghost hunters are doing, would he then believe? He'd find some excuse not exactly. to. Exactly. So, well, and I agree. I mean, I remember we were watching this episode of Tennessee Wraith Chasers. Those fucking <laughs> idiots. I'm going to grease myself up and tear my <laughs> Mr. Buffy off my Bufferson. Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, no offense to them. No. I like them. They're good old boys. <laughs> they are. Um, but, um, but they were going to... They, they they did an episode where they were going to trap a ghost in this contraption. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. All of this is theoretical, it you is. guys. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I mean, I get his point that we can't conclusively conclude exactly. that what we're detecting is a ghost. No, I get but that. He's gone past, like you said, past skepticism to cynicism but, but flat he's, out. He's denying it outright without evidence. Yeah, exactly. A negative result doesn't mean that there's no ghosts. Well, and he's not even saying there is negative results. He's saying whatever results are, they are, they're not real. Basically, right. he's saying, and well, that's just saying the, the EMF detectors. That's like, like saying God isn't has, real because God isn't real. Yeah. Yeah, because he has no explanation mm. for the actual results that are found. Right. He says that that's not what those, that equipment does, so it's not true. Yeah, no, so that's not a, just, that's not how you debunk so that stuff. Is the that's not how far you disprove. Extreme from yeah, you know. Well, that's just that it. I mean, everything. A lot of the research I did does have that basically skeptical point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I've got one here. Yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, if you're going to be a skeptic, great, be a skeptic. But you have to prove, yes, the ghosts have, ghost believers have the burden of proof. But if you're going to make an assertion, then you are the one who you has the burden prove. of proof. Exactly. Your assertion is mm-hmm. ghosts aren't real, therefore you have to prove that they aren't real. Yeah. Not by saying all this evidence is fake, mm-hmm. prove that it isn't fake. Yeah. Or, or that it's and, fake. Or, yeah, or that it doesn't prove ghosts. It proves something it, else. It okay, proves well, something's it prove? going It's proving that there's an anomaly, but it's not but proving... But he has no explanation But he doesn't even say it. that. He doesn't mm-hmm. even go that far. Yeah. If so. he had simply said, well, it, he, they're proving that there's an anomaly there, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily prove ghosts, I might have said, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, but he doesn't well, even go that far. He doesn't like, even go that mm-hmm. far. Yeah, he just dismisses it outright. Yeah. yeah, and that's what a lot of disbelievers do. See the thing is, is that I'm not a I'm not a soft believer because I started out that way. I became a soft believer through decades of 
watching and learning and reading about the subject matter and coming yeah. to the conclusion that yes, when you watch, when I watch these movies of the extreme ghost stories, mm -hmm. I always say to myself, that's just made for drama, dramatic effect. Um, I always tell myself, this is what would happen in the most extreme yeah. of circumstances, mm -hmm. in most likelihoods, in all, in most cases, it's not never th that yeah, crazy, exactly. busy, or crazy haunted. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you know, sometimes a haunting can be very mellow, and you can live with it for years. And that's the thing that a lot of people dis discount, is that you could coexist with ghosts without having too many problems, and then sometimes you get a poltergeist, or some angry spirit, and you can't live with it because yeah. it's just too too much yeah. disruption. And I did just find that guy that wrote the article. Yeah. I had to look, I had to actually Google him. Yeah. Um, all it says is that he's an American writer, investigator, and skeptic. What's his name? So what that means, I don't know. Benjamin Radford. Benjamin Radford. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So no, no, he's entitled to his yeah. opinion. Oh, absolutely. But that um, was just that he didn't prove that ghosts don't yeah. exist. That's and that all. was just our our using him as an extreme example. Yeah, exactly. Exact. The other direction. Right, right. So here I've got an article called, uh, Do Einstein's Laws Prove Ghosts Exist? Okay, so I've got this article, and I'm going to just kind of pick through it, but it says, Despite years of efforts by ghost hunters on TV and in real life, we still do not have good proof that ghosts are real. Many ghost hunters believe that strong support for the existence of ghosts can be found in modern physics, specifically that Albert Einstein, one of the greatest scientific minds of all time, offered a scientific basis for the reality of ghosts. It says here, A recent Google Search turned up nearly 8 million results suggesting a link between ghosts and Einstein's work covering the conservation of energy. This assertion is repeated by many top experts in the field. For example, ghost researcher John Kachuba, in his book Ghost Hunters 2007, uh, writes, Einstein proved that all the energy of the universe is constant and that it can neither be created nor destroyed. So... What happens to the energy when we die? If it cannot be destroyed, it must then, according to Dr. Einstein, be transformed into another form of energy. What is that new energy? Could we call that new creation a ghost? This idea shows up and is presented as evidence for ghosts on virtually all ghost-themed websites as well. For example, a group called Tri-County Paranormal States, Albert Einstein said that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be changed form from one form to another. When we are alive, we have electrical energy in our bodies. What happens to the electricity that was in our body causing our heart to beat and make our breathing possible? There is no easy answer to that. Yeah. In fact, the answer is very simple and not at all mysterious. After a person dies, the energy in his or her body goes where all organisms' energy goes after death, into the environment. When a human dies... The energy stored in his or her body is released in the form of heat and transferred into the animals that eat us, i.e. wild animals if we are left unburied, or worms and bacteria if we are uh, interred, and uh, the plants that absorb us. If we are not cremated, the, the energy in our bodies is released in the form of heat and light. Mm -hmm. When we eat dead plants and animals, we are consuming their energy and converting it to our own use. Food is metabolized when digested, and chemical reactions release the energy 
the animal needs to live, move, reproduce, etc. The energy does not exist in the form of a glowing ghostly ball of energetic energy, but rather in the form of heat and chemical energy. Many ghost hunters say they can detect the electric fields created by ghosts, and while it's true that the metabolic processes of humans and other organisms actually do generate very low-level electrical currents, these are no longer generated once the organism dies. Because the source of the energy stops, the electrical current stops, just as a light bulb uh, turns off when you switch off the electricity running it. Now, you can tell this guy is also operating from a skeptical skeptical, point of view, which is fine, you know. Most of the energy that any dead person leaves behind takes years to re-enter the environment in the form of food. The rest dissipates uh, shortly after death and is not in a form that can be detected years later with popular ghost hunting detectives like EMF detectors. Ghost hunters who repeat the claim that uh, Einstein's theories provide a sound basis for ghosts reveal less about ghosts than they do about uh, their poor understanding of basic science. Ghosts may indeed exist, but neither Einstein or his laws of physics suggest that ghosts are real. Now, this is a guy trying to debunk the uh, Einstein's Using that theory, yes, theory, that right. theory of ghosts. Yeah. Now, but at the same time, I mean, he, he is right. But I, is there anything that he's missing? It feels like he's missing something there. And what I mean is, is that yes, when you die, your energy would go away. But we're talking about lingering energy. We're talking about residual energy whether that be sentient or not, whether it be an intelligent haunt or or what's called a residual haunt, which is just images or movement mm-hmm. or, or sounds uh, that don't necessarily purport to be an intelligent haunting. And then there's intelligent hauntings where we feel like there's some kind of interaction, interaction there. there yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. There's an intelligent haunt. That means there's a ghost there. Now, you know, but but I think he's kind of missing the point here. We're not saying that the energy of your body converted into ghost energy. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is, is that when you die, you your energy goes away out into the cosmos, but that there's some residual part of you that remains. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, we can't necessarily prove that, but... I don't know. This guy is mm-hmm. trying to say that all of our energy dissipates into the universe. But I do like that he said they might still exist. It's just not, this doesn't explain why. So yeah, he's not right. totally like saying yeah. because well, of this, then it when, doesn't when, at all. When they're doing their EMF readings, though, I don't believe that they're trying to look for the heartbeat or the chemical yeah. energy mm-hmm. of a person. They're looking for the residual energy that lingers at in a haunt. Mm-hmm. In other words, what if energy is collective? What if some places just have more PK energy than others? In other words, there could be a portal or there could be some source of energy there that collects over time. Yeah. So there's I, so much we don't know is, yeah. about and the paranormal. And that's the thing that some of these people, you know? they just, they act like we know absolutely everything about everything. Well, well, we, we do. Really, we know a lot about it. We lot know of a things. lot about it, but we don't know enough to no. know whether or not ghosts exist. No. We just don't, Mm-mm. and that's why the the debate will probably always yeah. be there because, yeah. you know. But I mean, it makes me wonder what would satisfy a skeptic or cynic point there of view. Is anything? If you honestly. took one of these hardened, ardent atheists and stuck him in a fucked up haunted house, 
Do you think it would yeah. uh, change their mind? I think it changed their I mind think, in the day. Right. And then wait. over time, they would go back to being a skeptic again. Yeah, I think that's possible. <laughs> or I think that I think some people are just so <clears throat> stuck in their beliefs that you could have something just literally hitting them in the face and they would find some explanation, real or not. Yeah. And I think some people might be open to having an experience and being like, oh, okay, well, maybe. Yeah. This and that. Maybe my beliefs aren't quite set well, in stone, but it's, I think. As, it's- a, as a soft believer, I am not trying. I know it sounds like we're trying to poo poo the non believers. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that um, when you completely close your mind to new evidence, you're in the wrong. Yeah. And that goes with everything. So, am yeah. I an atheist? Yes, but I am. Not, I am still open to interpretation. I am still open to the idea of it. I'm just, as it stands today, this is. Right. It hasn't met my burden of proof, and that's how you have to be with everything. Mm-hmm. Ghosts have met my burden of proof because, as an energetic empath, I sense things, and I just know that every once in a while there'll be energy that remains after death why i don't know how i don't know (laughs) what can detect it i don't know Mm -hmm. um so using these detection devices and tools i think can help but uh but it doesn't uh, solve the mystery by itself in other words no you gotta have corroborating evidence multitude of evidence Mm -hmm. if you have three four five things okay there's eyewitness check video evidence check Audio evidence, check. Energy detection tools, check. If you had all four or five of those things all happen in unison at the same time during a, an event, mm-hmm. that would be 99.9% corroborated. Yeah. Not 100%. Mm-hmm. Because we might not be using the tools right and human beings witnessing something could there could be a deception there yeah and so there's never going to be a hundred percent accuracy ever in this it's not even like i said you could have a hundred people see a ghost and have you know channel five news there recording it live and it went out to millions of people it's still going to be only 99 percent corroborated because what if we were all deceived by something yeah what if something in other words, we just don't know what ghosts are. In order to know that they're real, we have to know what they are. And therefore, we are never going to 100% know because it depends on what you define as a ghost. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And like that one article that I read, he was basically saying, well, since there's no one agreed upon definition of what a ghost is or how it should look mm-hmm. or how it should sound, then none of it's. Yeah, see, that's not the, that's right. not the natural conclusion. No. The natural conclusion should be um, we we see a small amount of evidence that can't be explained. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we still don't know. That's the only yeah. thing you can jump to. Yeah. The only conclusion I, we can I make agree. is that it's a possibility still, mm-hmm. which is great for us ghost believers. We're like, hey, great! The fact that you can't disprove it is proof <laughs> right it's proof of something yeah, yeah. it's it's not absolute 100 percent proof mm-hmm. but it's corroboration yeah yeah absolutely so let's see here okay so i have this final article here it's from ct post it's uh, a news source it's made uh written by andrew de rosa says ct paranormal researcher dishes truth on ghost hunting 
In a crowded field of people attempting to uncover the truth behind the existence of paranormal entities, it often becomes daunting for the general public to infer what is indeed fact and what is fiction. With shows such as Ghost Hunters <laughs> and Ghost Adventures, people's only knowledge of the field may only come from sensationalized media that aims to make the practice a sort of action film rather than a scientific study. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, I agree with definitely. that. You know. Mm-hmm. However, according to David Bray, the co-founder and lead investigator of the Eastern Connecticut Paranormal Society, this is further from the truth of actual paranormal investigating. He quotes... If I take a photo and I say, oh, there's a ghost in a photo, well, because we have no scientific definition of what a ghost is or what it is made of, I actually can't say that is a ghost in the photo, said Bray. Yeah, true. You can say it's something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the thrill of getting evidence. It's about helping people, added Bray. Bray helped co-found ECPS in 2015 when he met fellow paranormal researcher Chris O'Connor. O'Connor, who is a psychic medium, convinced Bray to work together despite Bray Bray never previously conducting formal paranormal investigations. I was very skeptical going in, and uh, he actually impressed me so much that we decided to form a group, said Bray. Nice. Uh, For the past five years, the duo Bray and O'Connor, as well as a team of other paranormal investigators, have been conducting paranormal investigations throughout New England, bringing them to sites such as the Enfield Demon House and the Barnes Museum in Southington. According to Bray, the team does roughly 50 investigations a year, which uh, does not include meetings with potential clients, as well as the stream of phone calls and emails that the team receives on a daily basis. We actually do more along the lines of debunking and disproving paranormal activity, said Bray. This is just one of those things where we want to stray from being lumped into the same category as the other paranormal teams. And I think that's a great way to go about it. Well, yeah, you should always go into to debunk, mm-hmm. you know. Bray states that the team uses the same tools as the paranormal investigators on TV, however, ECPS uses the tools as a way to help aid their research. Additionally, the team says they welcome scientific scrutiny of their work, often working with dermatologists and anthropologists to provide clarity to their findings. Is it dermatologists for real? It is. It's dermat. Oh, it's dermatologists. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) dermatologists. I'm not sure what that is. We'll look that up. Yeah. When discussing the extent of their work, Bray explained that the term paranormal isn't necessarily restricted to ghosts. The term can be applied to cryptozoological figures, black magic, and demons, the latter of which they have had hands-on experience with, with demons. He says here, I tried to develop a communication system with whatever was knocking, say, on the wall, said Bray, when discussing communicating with a demonic entity during an investigation. You're talking to the air, basically, and when you say knock twice for gas and ask a question and then hear two loud knocks, you can pretty much hold the conversation with whatever is knocking on the wall. Bray realized his talent in the field of paranormal investigation at a young age, claiming to have knowledge of things previously unknown to him. As a teenager, Bray would explore abandoned sites and haunted cemeteries, which only helped pique his interest in the paranormal. Here's where it gets interesting to me. Mm -hmm. He says, eventually Bray would go on to discover that he was a psychic empath. 
a person who is able to feel energy and interpret it. And that's yeah. exactly it. I, mm -hmm. I can sense energy and interpret it, but I can't get yeah. details. I can only get feelings or emotions yeah. or presences. Mm -hmm. uh, what a psychic meet empath does is instead of seeing, they feel the energy of people, places, and objects. They then take that information and interpret it from into a form of knowledge that was not previously known to them. Most of these experiences, as Bray explains, are subjective, but nonetheless are important qualities in the field of paranormal research. However, Bray admits that many people claim to be psychic empaths despite not fully understanding the essence of the practice. That, yeah, I think that happens a lot. Yeah. It's like the New Age movement. Everyone is claiming to be an empath, <laughs> says Bray. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Being an empath has allowed Bray to have an unparalleled insight into investigations, even going so far as feeling the exact pain of what a client may have felt. Every time I would walk into the kitchen, I would get sharp shooting pains in the left side of my head, says Bray, regarding a private investigation ECPS conducted. I then went through the logical steps of whether I was having caffeine withdrawal or just tired, but every time I left the kitchen, it went away. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it goes on here. There's all these stupid ads so in the way. Ads in I everything. know. It's ridiculous. At the end of the case, we found out that the kitchen is where the client's mother died of a heroin overdose, and she fell and cracked the left side of her head open on the counter. Despite the glamour and hype surrounding the paranormal, Bray continues to remain grounded in realism, working by ECPS's mission statement to find the truth. His work, Bray believes, isn't about staging a religion versus science debate, rather merging the worlds of science and parascience in order to discover things beyond our current comprehension. That's exactly it. Yeah. Additionally, Bray notes the dangers of the field, especially the weight that is uh, that this material has on those with mental illness. We've had a lot of cases where we debunked paranormal activity and attributed to a psychiatric issue, which was then taken around as a diagnosis by a psychiatrist, says Bray. If we go in there and we say that your paranormal activity is indeed paranormal and you have medical issues, not only uh, could we believe be held liable for negligence, but we are enabling that mental illness for you, possibly making it worse and not helping. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I thought I thought there was more, but no, that's the that's the end of it. And that's the the thing, you guys, is that at the end of the day, uh, we as paranormal investigators and soft believers, we have to ride that line of reality and fantasy. Definitely. We have to know where to draw the line. Yeah, absolutely. But I think he got it, had it exactly right because the problem with the paranormal is that a lot of times the paranormal uh, can uh, contribute to someone's superstitious beliefs. It can contribute to their mental illness. And so as a paranormal investigator, you wouldn't want to say somebody believes they're being haunted. You go into that house, you inspect it, you find out nothing's the matter. You find no real evidence, but you do find evidence that they're deeply religious or that they're deeply superstitious or that they have uh, just a huge belief in ghosts. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah. we have friends like that. And at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with those beliefs. But a lot of times those beliefs, we're looking for self-fulfilling prophecies. We're looking for, we, we interpret everything as evidence. 
even though it may not be. So what do you think about all that, babe? Well, I think I, I, that article is interesting because you have to, it's kind of a delicate balance sometimes. And yeah. with, with everything, it has to be balanced. Well, of course. But yeah, like what would you do if you go in somewhere and you do realize it's probably a mental health problem? How do How, you go about You would have to delicately, yeah, would you tell the person that I think you're having a psychiatric disorder? But then you're not a doctor. But you're not a doctor, and then you're right. if you don't really know them, right. it would be a really weird it would be situation. A, It'd be hard yeah, to, to I, do the I right think, thing. I think in ter- you would first have to think about liability, like he said. Yeah, you would have to make sure that you admonish yourself of any wrongdoing. Do no harm. Yeah. And if you are in a position where you can't rightfully say there's ghosts, and, and you suspect mental illness, um, you might have to just keep it to yourself because, yeah, I mean, what what are you going to do? Tell the person they're crazy? Tell them that right. they have a mental health disorder? But then you don't want to lie to them. But you also like, don't want to so, lie to them either. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a tough one. I never one. even really thought about that. It's oh, I think really, about it all the time. Yeah, that particular I, I aspect of it has never really well, crossed my mind. A lot weirdly. of people who believe in ghosts uh, uh, tend to be suspicious, uh, uh, very superstitious. Mm-hmm. They they oftentimes can be religious. Now, but then a lot of religious people, especially Christianity, they don't want to believe in the occult because they think that that God's judging them for that. They're yeah. kind of told not to believe in these things, and so it's kind of weird because they talk about the Son, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. So they believe in ghosts right there in their own literature, and yet maybe they don't mean it literally. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But I do believe that, yeah, Christianity, Christians tend to uh, poo-poo anything that's occult-like because they're afraid that it leads to temptation and demonic entities and demonic things. And, you know, I, I get their point, but at the same time, I mean, what's wrong with doing... If you If you're a Christian and your house is haunted... What are you going to do? Fucking sit there and say, no, I didn't see that. No. (laughs) So where do you draw that line? You know, well, that itself can lead to mental health issues. Oh, yeah. Because there's this battle going on in your brain that sure you're trying to convince yourself something isn't happening because of these other beliefs you have. And it's just, well, I've talked, I've talked on previous paranormal episodes where I'm telling you guys that if you have a mental health issue, uh, it's probably a good idea to back away from the paranormal sometimes. You can create situations, not necessarily because you don't understand reality, but you might exacerbate your problem because uh, playing around with the paranormal, if it's real, you could perpetuate the problem. If it's not real, you can uh, further uh, betray your own thinking by creating evidence where there is none. So, I don't know. Mm. What do you think? I, It'd have to be a, a case-by-case thing. Yeah, I mean, of course. It's going to be different for every person. Absolutely. It's, it's something that's really interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just have to make sure you treat it correctly if you're dealing with the public in regards to that type well, of thing. Well, yeah. Honesty, I've always found is the best policy. You know, that's the one thing I've always gotten really good at it as, a, as an empath is... I've always said energy is intention. When your energy is right, um, it t- it's kind of like it just guides you. You just don't yeah. worry about how you come off because you know that you mean well. And when you mean well, uh, your energy tends to follow. And so um, 
if I was in a case like that where I suspected mental health, I might uh, just kind of bring it up gently and go no further. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't see any uh, huge evidence here. Uh, uh, but, um, you know, if you continue to uh, hear things, if you continue to see things, uh, you may want to um, just rule out mental psychiatric disorders or, or physical. Right. Go get checked out. Yeah. You know, something like yeah. that. And like you just said, it mm-hmm. would probably be better to just say, to rule out any physical issues, which would then lead to a conversation with the doctor, which would kind of... Lead into the psychiatric yeah. mm-hmm. aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, um, some people have a very rich uh, a spiritual life, whereas some have none. And uh, I'm kind of in the middle. You know, I take somebody like our friend Idris, and she says things about the paranormal. I'm like, wow, really? Whoa, holy cow. Um, It's not that I don't believe her. It's that it maybe she's telling the truth. We haven't experienced it. We haven't experienced it, right. But then conversely, I see people like atheists and skeptics who are just have no spirituality, mm-hmm. uh, they don't open up their mind to the deeper need of that visceral depth that we require in life. And yeah. so, I, I don't know. It's not that I believe necessarily in a deity, but for me, spirituality is dabbling in, uh, you know, the the world of a deeper meaning. Just. Yeah. The, the epistemology of existence, really. Well, and I think I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before on the show, mm-hmm. but um, I'm a, on Facebook. I'm in an agnostic atheist women's group, and anytime yeah. anything paranormal or supernatural would come up, it would lead to this whole discussion of people poo-pooing it. And they, someone actually formed an offshoot group, yeah, paranormal agnostic atheist women, because that's <clears throat> kind of more of a safe space because yeah. not everyone is rigid in these. There can't be any type of spiritualism. Oh, yeah. There can't be. But some are so, well, so rigid in that belief that they will poo-poo anything. Well, I, I live in this world where I have friends that run, you know, like I'm friends with the atheist shows, those mm-hmm. guys. And they'll say things that I don't always agree with. And then I have friends who are Kent Burris. I'm, I'm friends with Kent yeah. Burris mm-hmm. and Matt Dillahunty. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And so, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, on the one hand, you've got Christians who full boat believe in this stuff. Then you've got atheists who believe in none of this stuff. And what we're trying to discover is what the truth is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I don't do shows just for entertainment value. I I have to have that basic precept that something about there's something to this before I go Mm -hmm. further. Oh, yeah. And then from there, I explore. Mm -hmm. But I'm open-minded because... At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's right. You no, know, I've always said in life, uh, what's more important, being right or being happy? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think some people, uh, you know, some atheists are so ardent in their atheism and their lack of belief, yeah. but they don't seem happy to me. They yeah. seem miserable. Absolutely. And conversely, you can be, have people that believe in a, all this stuff. And they can believe to the point where uh, it gives their life meaning and value. And other times they believe in this stuff to the point where they feel like they, they're being harassed and ranged by ghosts when really they might just have some mental health mm-hmm. or psychiatric disorder. So, I mean, yeah, it's, you just as everything, you got to take everything on a case-to-case yep. basis. 
So yeah, I mean, that's what we got for you guys. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, uh, believe what you want to believe. Do what you want to do. Be <laughs> what you want to believe. Okay, that's a dumb song. <laughs> anyway, but no, I mean, just be yourself. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. It gets easy to sway left, right, back and forth, depend on who you're with. When you're around certain people, they might want make you feel bad for your belief in ghosts. You know, this show was never about, I'm an empath and I'm better than you and let me teach you how to be an empath. No, I don't always know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, you get people who think you're silly or stupid or immature because you call yourself an empath. And I'm trying to tell you guys, it's not all that in a bag of chips. It just means that you understand certain, you pick up on certain energies that some folks don't. You pick up on emotions. You pick up on intentions. We all do that. So um, being realized, I think, is just by exercising uh, common sense ways to practice it where you don't just become a, a believer in a bunch of hogwash. Mm -hmm. I don't just go, I don't read all this empath stuff out there and try to get more into it because I don't want to start just thinking I have some magical, mysterious power. Yeah. It, it's simply about, oh, I've noticed I'm a little bit different than normal folks. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a thing until I got older and realized, oh, I kind of pick up on things that some people don't. But I don't think I have some magical power. It's not about all that. I think I just pick up on things because some people are open intuitive to it and mm -hmm. some aren't. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. not... You don't have to live your life by it. I don't walk around in no. hippie robes and shit <laughs> right. with beads. It's, yeah. <laughs> you it's know. just part of who you are. It's, it's just not... a part of who I am. It's not the totality. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that's why a lot of people find me weird is that, oh, he's an atheist, but he believes in ghosts. And, you know, he's a he's a realized empath, but he's a common sense pragmatist. Huh. Weird. <laughs> right. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. I just judge things for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's what it's about. Yeah. So you got anything else for us? You got what's your final thoughts? What's summarize it? Um, I just think just being an open-minded mm. person just kind of leads you to be more all-around balanced. And yeah, I just don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be the kind of person that's just like, oh, this can't ever happen. This Staunch non-believer. Yeah, I want to be well, open to things and investigate things and read things. And I am a non-believer when applicable. Mm -hmm. I am a believer when the burden of proof has met my burden of proof that something is compelling i take it all on a case-to-case -case basis and yeah i still am a soft believer um fortunately i live in a home that's not haunted and so you know i don't pick up on energies a lot i do pick up on anxieties and emotions a lot sometimes i wonder what's going on and then i realize oh yeah you're an empath brian you know mm -hmm. um and so i have to make sure that i'm not tricking myself into believing shit that may not really be there yeah conversely uh i i uh, am glad i don't live in a haunted home because i think i think uh, more people would believe if they just had more experience with it they they don't go into haunted houses they don't go anywhere it's COVID time nobody goes anywhere you don't live in a haunted house how are you going to ever become a believer if you don't go out there and try to believe you gotta go yeah. out there and experience it mm -hmm. yeah. and i've been out there enough to know that there's something there Mm -hmm. I'm not a professional ghost hunter, but I am an amateur researcher, and I have done paranormal investigations, and I'm convinced that there's something beyond nothing. To mm -hmm. what extent always 
I don't always know. Yeah, exactly. That's the fun. But that's the fun of it. That's yes, the fun of absolutely. it. Yeah. Why spoil the fun? Yep. Anything else for us, baby? No, I don't think so. Just be open-minded. Explore. Research. Read. Well, yeah, don't close your mind outright. Leave that little bitty part of you that's going (laughs) to, like, be open to the possibility of things. You might surprise yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, babe. Good job. Thanks. As usual. uh, (laughs) Hey, tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, You can find me at Spooky Nerdy Gal on Instagram. That's where I do most of my stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it's big spurts of a lot of stuff, and other times a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same way. I I don't even go on Twitter that much anymore because nobody follows me there, and most of my interactions are on Instagram, so that's just kind of where I've stuck. But, yeah, you can reach me on Instagram. I'm at Surviving Empathy Podcast there. I'm also uh, at Surviving Empathy Podcast. I've been telling people Chef by Comedy for Facebook forever. Mm -hmm. But no, it's Surviving Empathy Podcast. (laughs) I didn't know that. I think I changed it once and forgot to record that information in my own brain. It all kind of cross-references. Well, my point is, uh, I'm either a Surviving Empathy Podcast or Chef by Comedy. Even I don't know. I got to go Google it and figure it out where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) but you'll find me you'll find me i'm out there thanks you guys we will see you next week and uh if you like the work we're doing please pitch into the cause go on over to my link tree that's link tree forward slash chef bride comedy uh yeah we have tip jars there we have a patreon page we are trying to do good work for people uh looking for robust health looking for mental health uh just ways to empower yourself to get through your mental health woes. You can have depression and still live a very robust life, and you can have mental health woes and still be successful in this world, I promise you. And if you follow us and help us out, we are going to empower all those good people and make sure that all our empaths, all our introverts, all of our people struggling uh, with mental health woes and, and just regular working people. We're trying to find clarity and purpose and validity in all us regular folks that's what it's about yes sir so thank you guys and we will see you next week thank you honey we i love you and i love you guys i love you too (laughs) (laughs) i love y'all it's a big old love fest up in here (laughs) Uh, thanks you guys bye bye